they can. But I'm going to preach this message. And if you're just tuning in or you didn't come to church today, you really missed it. I did a special concert today. And we've locked the doors to not let anybody else in because, hey, if you don't come on time here, you get locked out. Special concert. You missed it. Sorry. Should have been here. Amen. All right. Some people don't sometimes get my sarcastic humor like on Facebook and they get mad at me. So uh, that was sarcastic humor. I want to talk to you about something. And I'm going to title this today, Least Likely to Succeed. Least Likely to Succeed. I want to just preach this this morning. I've been preaching this for many years. People don't, don't receive it that way sometimes. And I've been called to preach the goodness of Yahweh and to fear not the reproach of men. I, didn't, I never said I'm not scared. I haven't been scared to say things and preach things. But the fact of the matter, I feared Yahweh more than I feared what any man can do me. And I'll tell you why. Because I believe Yahweh is who he says he is. And he's all powerful. And when I ask him to do something like, you know, can you get me this? I don't know if I can get it or not. It may be too big for me, God says. And how many of you know? That it's the peon little bitty nothing thing that we have a request for. But what hinders us is our inability to really believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And not only is he able, but he will. Because really, in the sphere of what we're asking, it's not a big deal. I was watching the thing on Michael Jordan. You've been seeing that? And I, I love what he said. You know, they're trying to talk about how how he's gambling, got a gambling problem. They say, look, when Michael Jordan blows $10,000 at the, at the gambling table or a car table or whatever he's doing, that's like $10 to us. But people who are $10 people, oh, they are scared to death. They think, oh, my God, he's way, what is he doing? I'm going to tell you what he's doing. It's all relative. And we've got to understand that, the, that God is good and that he loves us. And not let the reproach of men or what somebody else thinks limit us or limit God in us. Preached a couple of weeks on go off that ye are gods. I read out of the book of Revelation that there would be mortal people who would worship us. I didn't hear much out about that. I didn't get more many people correcting me about that. Until you and I settle the fact that we can trust him with our life, with our faith, with our children, with our future, with our money, with everything, our health, everything, your faith's going to waver. And Yahweh, he demands one thing, is that we believe him. i got to tell you, one of my pet peeves is when somebody don't believe me. You ever been like that? I just don't believe you. I swear. I swear. I, did, I didn't do it. I don't believe you. There's nothing more disrespectful to me. For somebody to look you in the eye when you're telling them the truth that you about something and they choose to not believe you. And I'll tell you what else it is. It's not just disrespectful, but it is not loving. Because love chooses to believe the best. Somebody look at me in the eye and want to tell me something, I believe them. I choose to believe them. I'm not talking about somebody that takes advantage of you and all that. 
I had to search the Bible to find out something about the God that I was preached to, and I found out that he ain't the God that they told me he was. So I got in the Bible to find out what the Bible says about the character of God and who God is. And I found out that the word good, really, God, the, name, the, the word God comes from the word good. So you can't be God and not good. You would be bod and bad. I found that there was a theme that ran out through the whole Bible from Genesis through to the Apocalypsis, the book of Revelation. And it was about the goodness of God. And most people read what happens, you know, where all people, nations get destroyed and killings and all that. And they, they don't see the goodness of God. I'm going to tell you why. Because they were born blind, just like you were and just like I was. One of, the, one of the problems about Christianity and preaching the gospel to people is because you can't see it. And so when you ask somebody to believe something they can't see, how many of you know they're already suspicious about you? But that's why the Bible says, I once was blind, but now I see. Once the light comes on and you see, you'll see the goodness of God. So I'm thinking, why in the world does the Bible so strongly emphasize the simple truth that God is good? One of the, one of the ways that I was taught to believe it, but it went over my head because I, was, I did it out of, out of just habit and routine and ritual. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Ma and Paul go to meat and turn the plate and go to eating. How many of you know that as children we learned that, but the greatness and the goodness of God really was never explained to him. He was just like, bye, 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 let's eat. Did you pray, son? It got from there to Jesus, thank you for this food. Amen. It went straight to there, didn't it? I'll tell you why it's important to know about the goodness of God. Because trust is the foundation of our faith in Yahweh. I have struggled in my life with trusting people. I've struggled with it. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I can give you all the psychological and, you know, reasons why maybe I've developed to be that kind of person. Maybe one of, you know, we moved a lot when I was a kid and I had to go from this school and go to this school and go to this school. And maybe, you know, I never put, got in there because we got uprooted and went to another school. And, you know, the good thing about that, I've got lots of friends from all over everywhere because of that. But could it be something like that? Well, I mean, there, I could go through all of that of why. To me, it doesn't matter why. To me, to me, it was a matter that it was. And it was preventing me from trusting God. Just go so far. Okay, I got it so far. But never really just giving in and trusting. You know, it's like that thing they do at some of these meetings we used to do, you know, where you, you would catch people. You'd have people close your eyes and you fall back and people would catch you. To build trust. The problem is, as a teenager, we did that. And guess what we did? Olay! <laughs> a 
Lack of trust? More. The more you know that Yahweh is good, the more you're going to trust Him. The more you trust in Him, the easier it is for you to put your life in His hands. When we have hope in Him, that what happens is you will open up your heart and your mind and your life and your journey and your path to His way for Him to save, heal, bless, and work through you for the purpose of bringing glory to His name and letting His wonderful will and purpose be in the earth. Sadly, a lot of people don't really believe. I'm talking about Christian people. I'm talking about people who tithe, people that come to church, people that go, they're, they're, they do all kind of missions trips, they do all kind of stuff, give to the poor. I mean, all kind of stuff. Deep down in their heart, though, they don't really believe that Yahweh is good and that He's going to do good things to you and to them. Not really. Well, okay, we're waiting. What's going to happen? Is this a trick? Is it a joke? I'm going to tell you, deep in our minds, modern Christendom has taught people that one day, if you don't do a certain thing, God's going to make you sick to teach you a lesson. When I was a little boy, man, people, and they, I tell you, they loved God probably more than, than I did. Because they said, man, I got cancer, and Yahweh put this, God put this cancer on me to teach me a lesson. Well, dang, you ain't too smart. I think I'm going to learn the lesson way before Yahweh wants to put cancer on me. True? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I got it. I learned my lesson. But yet, it wasn't unusual for the people in the Pentecostal circles and the Baptists and all the, back in the 50s and 60s and 40s, they believed, oh, this must be God's punishing me. Or that God's just waiting for tomorrow to come just so he can make you poor. Oh, what did you do with that? How did you spend that money? You left that water running? You left those lights on? Those sprinklers are running, Joel? You, you don't deserve nothing but to be poor. You're bad. Let me tell you what the penalty is for, for God, for sin is with God. She die. The wages of sin is death, period. But my God, embellishing God's punishment, which isn't really God's punishment, it's just what happens. If you, if you try, I had a friend the other day. His cat had to go to the hospital. Brought him home, wouldn't let him, couldn't let him out of the house. But you know when you open the door, a cat can get out of the house. Finally found the cat. Walked in, was, walked in the door out of the, out of the garage into the kitchen, had the cat in his hand, and this guy's 80, 
two years old. He was so proud, he told his wife, I found the cat. And he tripped over the threshold, fell, broke his nose, and broke his neck. Now, he don't have any pain from the neck. It wasn't like a total break where he got paralyzed. But his, a bone in his neck is broken. You know why that happened? Because he tripped on the threshold. And his feet are about this big. God had, God, what did he do? Why did God? We had this whole mentality put in us, man. And it just came from this original torment of burning in hell and all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, I tell you, it came from books like Milton's Paradise Lost, Dante's Inferno, all this Greek mythology. But I'll tell you this today, a real Bible student will know that didn't come from the Bible. But if you think subconsciously in your mind that God will burn you and torment you in a burning hell forever just because you never heard his son's name, that will develop unbelief, doubt, and distrust. You can say what you want to, but when it comes right down to it, I'll tell you what, how I know, because I've seen so many people in my life serve God with all their heart, do all that, but when the crisis comes or when it costs them something, whatever, they, didn't really, they couldn't participate. Let me tell you why. Because they really didn't trust God. Would you? Would you trust God? Or somebody say, I'll tell you what, yeah, all right, I'm in. all right. I'll tell you what, if you, don't, if you cross me, I'm going to put you in the fire and you're going to burn forever. I don't trust a guy like that. Hey, no, man, I love you, but if you ever cross me, I'm going to slit your throat. I don't want to be around him. You know what I'm saying? And this is mentality, psychologically deep in the core, that we really don't think that God is really good. And then, of course, you have the people who are in a fairytale land that think way beyond the fact that, you know, I don't want to get into that this morning. But that kind of ignorance and that kind of manipulation, and I, I believe it's a character assassination on our loving Father. Fear has never and will never truly save a man. You can't get saved by fear. You won't be saved by fear. Threatening, I'll tell you, nowadays, even the people, you know, people ain't really scared of hell. You know why? Because they don't believe in that anymore and they believe in a real God. I'm not talking about some, you know, uh, preference belief. I'm talking about really believing that God exists and that he is able to, to determine the end results of anything that you're in. Wouldn't that be great if it was only true? Wouldn't it be great to have a fairy godmother? Bing! Or a genie in a lamp? And at least you, I'd, I'd go for one wish. You know, I've thought about it many times. You get three wishes. I, but what if I only got one? You know what my wish would be? That every time I made a wish, it came true. There's my wish right there. I'm clean. <laughs> Amen. I've prayed all, that over that a long time. Do you know that it takes what God desires for us. There's only one thing that will make you serve him and, and do what he wants you to do and fulfill the law. Only one power in the earth that's powerful enough to make you do it, and it ain't fear. It's love. Because when you truly love, guess what? You don't need anybody to tell you to do nothing. You don't have, you know, your fence fall down. Somebody loves you will fix it. 
I've always confessed and believed, even before I really believed it, that I was walking in the favor of Yahweh. Down inside of me somewhere, there was this thing in me that I believed. Not that I was special, but I had Yahweh's hand on me. And I'm talking about some, when I tried to run as hard as I could. And when I got the revelation and started saying, I, my name's Johnny Christ, I meant it. Because I realized, you know, because it ain't Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, James Christ, Jesus Christ. It ain't a family. It's an endowment. That the God of the universe who has spoken something to him in existence, and here we are. Tell you what, you don't believe in him, wake up the next tomorrow, you'll see the sun's going to come right up again because he said it for it too. The, the waves are going to come into the beach, and guess what? The tides are going to take them right back out. Why? Because he said so. That God, he has given me an endowment, Christos, anointing, which are without repentance. Think about it. So well, you've heard me say this for years. I'm not an Israelite, Canaanite, Amorite, Parasite. What am I? A favorite. That may sound arrogant to people. When I say my name is, I used to go preach places. My name is Johnny Christ. I'm glad to be here today. Oh, my God. I said, I didn't say I was Jesus Christ, lady. I'm his little brother, Johnny. And that is a revelation for us to understand that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. I know I'm not Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? He ain't even Jesus Christ, by the way. <laughs> He's Yeshua Christ. Favor, I mean, we hear it all the time, you know. Favor, favor. You know, they, they talk about fog. I call it Foy. I had a good friend named Foy Walton. And one of my favorite barbecue sauces is Foy's barbecue sauce. I asked my cousin to get me some. She brought me a whole case of it one time. I think we still have some in there, don't we, honey? Foy, the favor of Yahweh. What is that? I want to walk in the favor of Yahweh. But how, how do I know if I am or not? Because there's other people that look like they're maybe more blessed than me. Am I walking in the favor of God? I look around me, you know, and you see people that may have more, bigger this, more of that. You know, and I, I, I learned a long time ago, I, I quit worshiping big. Because I know that's baloney. But we always think that big is God. We got bigger bank accounts and let me tell you, bigger bills, bigger debt, bigger responsibilities, bigger pains in the butt. Some people tell me, have told me this, I'd like to walk in, I'd like to walk and do what you're talking about, but I'm not a preacher. Well, just thank God you're not. How is that going to open doors for me? What's he going to do for me, Johnny, right now in my life? I'm struggling. I'm, I'm worried. I have fear. I don't have real joy. I have, to, I have to act like I'm happy all the time. Oh, I love everybody. Oh, mm. but, but inside of me, I'm still hurting. What can I do? Can, was, what you're telling me going to help me with that? How's it going to benefit me when I'm laying in bed at night when nobody's around? Because that's who you really are and that's who I really am. 
And I've acted like a preacher and acted certain ways. I'm, I'm, I quit. I start acting like one. And I said, if you're going to, let's be one. Remember we had be one vitamin, you know, be, uh, be a Christian. Be one. Don't act. Don't. I'm, I didn't want to act like a Christian anymore. I didn't want to act like I had faith. I didn't want to act like I believed. I didn't want to act like it. But I'll tell you, in, until I got there, I, I, I wanted to act because not acting that way is ugly. Well, you, want to, I want, you got, I got news, good news for you. You don't have to be a preacher to have this. Matter of fact, it's probably going to be less difficult for you. It's for every single one of us who know, say my name. Say my name. Yahweh is my name. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's for every one of us who will claim it by faith. And I almost didn't want to use that terminology because the abuse of it. Favor is given or that it comes by grace. I like to say gracelets. You have all these little gracelets on, these things that God has given to us that has given us, my definition, the ability of Yahweh coming in and on us to do what we can't do for ourselves. Joe, hear what I just said. The ability of Yahweh coming on us, excuse me, in us first, and then on us, so we can do what we can't do in our own abilities. I'm digging it. I said, I'm digging it. That I have an, a power of, and the abilities of Yahweh to do what I don't have the power to do for myself. Paul said, by grace are you saved. What does that mean? When I hear people say, I can't do it. I can't, I don't have, I can't do it, Johnny. I, it's too hard what you're saying. Bro, let me tell you, the Bible says that all, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How to be godlike. It, it, he means this, that God's grace has something to do in us that we can't do for ourselves. He empowers us and gives us the power to be saved. To get you well done. To not get a well done is like the guy who died in an abandoned uh, skyscraper apartment building in Chicago years ago. He died of starvation, and they found him. He had $88,000 on him in a money belt. He died of starvation. He died of starvation. I'm sure you'd get something to eat for $88,000. And many people I know are walking around with a money belt of grace. And they just so, they're starving to death. Pitiful. Negative. Tore up. Depressed. Fact is, nobody in here can save yourself. When God chose you, excuse me, called you, he equipped you so he could choose you. And if you're not going to spend the 88000 is that analogy clear? If you're not going to spend 88000 what can he do? It takes that ability. God gives us the ability, the favor, however you want to call it, to do in us what we can't do. 
you know, and so how, what does everybody say? What is grace? What does they say? Unmerited favor. It's unmerited favor, Johnny. All right, so what is favor? It's not that God's just going, you know, you don't have to do nothing. No, he, he gives you the, what it takes to do what he's asked you to do. Not that he's just did it for you. This is what the dictionary says. And I, I want you to get this too. I, I love this definition. To support. What is favor? To support, to endorse, to assist. What's this? To make easier, to provide with advantages, and to show special privileges. I'm in. I hope I wreck your brain today. I hope I wreck your brain today. I hope something goes off in your head today that knows this, that Yahweh is giving you something to support, to endorse, to assist, to make easier, to provide you with advantages, and to show you, give you special privileges. Don't get too excited. I don't want to have to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation So, if I'm going to walk in the favor of Yahweh, and we should have that expectation. Remember, I, I preached a message, I don't have to stand in line anymore, or something like that. I preached a message about, I don't have to stand in line. Why? Because they just bring me to the front. Hey, you, Johnny. Because that's what Yahweh's favor. Now, I, ain't, I didn't stand in line in none of these grocery stores and stuff, because I didn't, wasn't stupid enough to go down there. My wife told me she went to a store the other day. She went shopping. And the, there was a line going to the cash registers like this. And she said, then it went down, down through the men's section all the way to the very back of the store. And I said, well, praise God. Why? She said, why? I said, because you put that stuff down and didn't buy nothing. That's hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we should expect. Not with arrogance, not, with the, not because of us, but we should expect that because God is going to support, endorse, assist, and have us make things easy for us and provide us with advantage and show us special privileges, that everything that happens in our life, that we should be by God supported, endorse, assist, and have things made easier for us to be provided with advantages and show special privileges. That sounds like a great way to live. But I want to tell you, people are still so afraid and have so much unbelief that they can't get holy past giving 10%. Mm. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, my God. Why don't you expect to be supported, endorse, assisted, have things made easier, provided with advantages, and shown special privileges? How about you this morning? How about you? Why don't you talk to yourself this morning? Are you living that way in the, your everyday life? Do you really have a cognizance of that the God that you serve is the God who controls everything? And you should have an expectation. And without expectation, then it hinders God moving because he moves by faith. And faith is believing and acting on that, the fact you believe him. Otherwise, you're saying, you're a liar. I don't believe you. I think it offends God a little bit when we say that. If you haven't got there yet, I think it's because you fully hadn't realized the wonderful benefits 
being offered to you as a true ecclesia. I'm not here to condemn you about it. I'm here to say, come up hither. Come up hither. Psalm 103, verse 2. I mean, how can I say the word benefits and not quote this scripture? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. We live in a world that we so easily can access what we need through credit cards, doctors, you know, uh, loans, all these things that we've really put our trust in them. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying, but we've put our trust in them and we have failed, I think, to act upon the expectation that God's going to do that. Even through those type of things, we should expect God to give us a better interest rate, so to speak. I don't even know God can get any lower than they got them right now. Let me tell you what will happen to you. Here's a benefit. This is one that I try to tell people. And I think people live financially because they're good people. They're loyal. They believe. You know, it's like I told somebody the other day. Look, it's not, the tithe isn't the issue. Meeting God's house is the issue. The tithe is just a, a percentage of minimum that God thinks that he, he wants you to give. He wants you to start, and that's his. So he set that apart so there might be meat in his house. But the principle is to have meat in his house. Some people think the principle is the tithe. Okay, 10% is the tithe. That's not the principle. The principle is that that is what's going to support this. And hopefully we will mature past it enough that we even do more. For that there might be meat in my house. The objective is for meat in the house. The tithe is just the starting place of the object. And so people never get past that. They never get past of understanding and then trusting God and growing it. And I see a lot of people do too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that. But one of the, one of the benefits that you have that you should be walking in is Financial abundance. I'm not going to tell you from what I hear around here. There's, you know, most most of, of us have it. Most people are walking in financial abundance. Man, I hear people. Uh, I, I don't know everybody that's given their first fruit yet, but man, people are giving their first fruit offering. I got uh, another one in the uh, check that I did see on my desk this morning, and uh, you know, I, and people haven't even come to church. So they understand and they have that. But what I want to see happen, I think what God wants to see happen, is that we, give, we get beyond just giving out of duty or responsibility or loyalty and all that, which is nothing wrong with that. But he wants us to move us to a place that we go beyond that. And, he, and part of that is to have more than enough. i got to tell you one. There was a guy in our church years ago, and this is what he said to me. Pastor Johnny, whatever he called me, all I want is just enough for me and my little family. I said, that is the most selfish prayer I have ever heard in my entire life. That's all you want, just for you and yours. What about 
The gospel. What about having meat in the house of God? What about the poor? What about helping others? Just enough for me. And somehow he felt like that was being humble. And I told him, quick, that ain't being humble. That's being selfish. Faithless. Because God probably don't have enough. He probably don't have enough money to pay him any more than $500 a week. Because God ain't got that much money. I don't, Lord, I don't want to pressure you. I don't want to pressure you. <laughs> Just give me 500 a week and I'll be happy. Okay, a thousand. I mean, you can get on unemployment, get 900 a week now, can't you? Uh, somebody, I need somebody to lay me off. Y'all hear me today? Look, he wants to bring increased assets to you. For the glory of God. Isaiah 60 verse 5 says that when God's favor is bestowed on us, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. That word force in the Hebrew translated really means this. The wealth of the Gentiles will come unto thee. The fact is the international version says... To you the riches of the nation will come. I like the word riches. And if you say you don't, then you need to go over there because you are a liar. I never met anybody who said, I don't want to be blessed financially. I want to stay under the burden of poverty. I don't want to have enough. Not one person who's ever said that, that I believe them. Not one. Can, I, can you be honest this morning? I don't know a person that I've met recently for the past 63 years that said, it!" they gave me another raise. Man, I can't accept it. The natural response for people to get raises is what? Woohoo! I got a raise, I got a raise. Ten cents an hour. Oh, yay! But it was a raise. So I don't buy that spiritual poverty stuff of poor me, you know, but no, I don't want just enough me and my family. I don't buy it. Especially when it goes contrary to what our good God has said should happen to us. Let me tell you what the favor of Yahweh does. The grace of Yahweh, those gracelets that he's put on you. You ever say what it does? It produces wealth. And wealth includes money. It produces wealth. And I got to tell you, I believe that wealth is peace of mind. Real peace in real trouble. In the middle of despair, real peace. And a joy. That surpasses the circumstances. I don't mean you're not sad. I don't mean you don't, you don't have anything like that going on. You know, I don't mean that you, don't, you have to like a situation. But in everything, give thanks, not for everything, so to speak. Am I aiming too high for you this morning? Huh? Am I aiming too high for you this morning? Well, brother, I'm, just, oh, I'm retired now. And I'm like, <laughs> No. 
Deuteronomy 8, 7, and 9, Deuteronomy 33, 23, if you want to look it up. When I was a teenager in Mr. Waite's class, English teacher, he was really a good guy. But I probably wasn't at the time. Seven years later, when Joel showed up, he said, Snellgrove, Joel said, I'm nothing like him. But Mr. Waite got mad at me, moved me from the back row to the front row. Basically told me I was stupid and couldn't do anything. So what I did, I made my, pulled my grade up from an F to an A. And he got up in front of the whole class, thought that he had somehow corrected my life. And Mr. Snellgrove has got, he brought his, from, from a F to an A. And he made a big deal out of it. And so what I did was nothing the rest of the six weeks. Genius, right? But he was talking about you being uh, your... And so I figure that in our yearbook, I went to look back, they didn't have a picture of the one least likely to succeed. But I might have been a candidate at the time. But i got to tell you, the reason that I would have never been elected and voted in as the most likely, the least likely to succeed is because of this. And if you were here, you would know the song and you would understand. And that is this. His hand was still on me. It separated me and differentiated me from other people because his hand was still on me. Yahweh's favor will bring wealth and increased assets, but guess what else it will bring? Promotion and recognition in situations where you seem the least likely to receive it. I've experienced this. And I don't want to go into all the details because they may sound like I'm boasting or something like that, but I want to tell you, Promotion and recognition in situations where you seem the least likely to receive them. It's like Joseph put in prison after he was falsely accused of by Potiphar's wife. You know the story. He would seem to be the, the last person in that prison who would receive some kind of special notice and recognition and or promotion from the warden. But Joseph had the Hand of God on him. And Yahweh's grace and favor showed Joseph mercy. Can you say thank you for mercy? Huh? You ever say whether you cry, Uncle, say mercy? Oh, man, Yahweh's put, he's got me before. Me running from him and being rebellious and stupid and all these fleshly things. And he get me down, man. And that angel of the Lord, man, mercy, mercy. I still walk with a limp because of wrestling with him. I'm a little crippled because he smoked me. And I yelled mercy and he showed me mercy just like he did Joseph. And he gave him favor in the sight of the person who was in charge of the prison. You know, let me tell you why. Because there is no authority that ain't from God. God is 
the one in charge. You may think, my boss, man, he's a, you know what, Johnny? I'm, nah, he ain't your boss. He's not even the boss of his own business. Well, he got that favor. God showed him mercy. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of the whole prison. <laughs> he wasn't even an Egyptian. Let's see who we're going to get here. Yeah. Redneck. Come up here. Somebody going to put a Yankee in charge of a bunch of southern boys down here. Hey, yeah. God can do whatever he wants to do. And whatsoever was done in that prison, Joseph was the doer of it and responsible for it. I like this, uh, Genesis 39, 21 through 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because Yahweh was, made, was with him. And that which he did, Yahweh made it to prosper. Whatever he did, Yahweh made it to prosper. Let me tell you, you probably ain't going to be able to just sit around on the couch all day and just wait for somebody to call you. It could happen. But we got things like laziness and all that, you know. But, but when you have that favor on you, you will rise to the top. You will be favored, even if you tell them their mama ain't in heaven. They will still favor you, love you, respect you. Here a Hebrew slave, a slave who was accused of making these improper advances toward the wife of an, a prominent Egyptian is now assistant warden. All because Joseph had the mercy and the grace and the support God. But the issue, the problem with this thing, it didn't stop there. There's always another level with God to the point that you better be careful because he will give you favor and bless you so much that then you'll get so big for your britches, you'll take, you'll take the blessing of God and, and use it for your own rebellion. You'll be so stupid you think you had something to do with it. True? Yeah, that goes for all of us. And we do in the sense that we work hard or we show up or, you know what I'm saying, cooperate. That prison door got open for Joseph. And he get promoted. And he gets promoted. And he ruled the whole country. See, that's my highest promotion is going to be when I rule and reign on the earth with Yahshua. Joseph had it where he ruled all of Egypt. I might, who, I probably rule all of Oak. Even if we've been voted the member of our family as the least likely to succeed, I don't mean nothing. Somebody say amen. If somebody voted you least likely to succeed in your class in high school or college, I don't mean nothing. I don't mean nothing. I tell you what, I found out that people who peak in high school, eh, they ain't so good right now. True? You know, you might have been Miss Beautiful now, but man, time sure wore you down. 
You were Mr. Superstar. I mean, I got guys that, man, they had full beards and, uh, playing basketball. They had full beards. One of them had an uh, ankle bracelet on his leg sitting on the bench. Joking. In 1 Samuel 16, I love this story. Yahweh sent prophet to Jesse in Bethlehem. Going to anoint one of your sons as king over Israel. And this is what I like about Yahweh. He takes the foolish things of the world and confounds the wise. Isn't that great? It was great for me. Because I always had a problem kissing up to people. I have a problem. I've never loved money enough to be willing to kiss somebody's butt for it. I just had, I don't know why. Maybe that's one of my bracelets from God. Can't do it. But I knew that God, His way, that's why I don't have to pretend to be anything or anybody. Now, I'm not talking about sinner and rude and a jerk and all that. But I can be just me and God will use just me because that's what His favor does. And He confounds the whole world by taking a nobody and using Him for His glory. And He does it. He's like, look, see what I can do? See what I can do? I, I, I told somebody this one day. I said, look, serving God doesn't just keep you in the realm of all the beautiful people or just the beautiful people. Matter of fact, God's people aren't the beautiful people. I apologize. Don't get your feelings hurt. The true remnant of God are not the beautiful people. Hollywood stars and all of the beautiful people, which really, when, once you take the paint off, they're not so beautiful either. But I'm not talking about outward beauty. I'm talking about God takes the meek and the lowly. That'll ruin your day. Hello? Hello? McFly! Y'all want me to sing more, don't you? So he gets all of his sons up. Jesse gets all of his sons up. I mean, the beautiful ones, the strong one, the smart one, the you know, good-looking one, the blah, 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 all the way down below. And Yahweh said, nope, 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 nope. No, to all of them. So Samuel was confused. And he's like, look, Jesse, are all your kids here? He said, well, there's one more. He's the youngest, but he's out there herding sheep. Stinky boy. And Samuel told Jesse in verse 11, send for him and we're not going to sit down to eat till he's here. So Jesse sent for David. And when he came in, Yahweh said this, arise, anoint him, for this is he. <laughs> I don't know why this stuff charges me up so much. Years ago, at the end of 35th Street, Northeast, and Baseline Road was a Jiffy store. And we used to live down there. And I pulled into that Jiffy store one day, and there's just about a 13-year-old kid. He's a big kid, man. And he was walking down there. He walked like this. He said, I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm like, man, me too. This is he. This is he. I am the one. Are you hearing me? If you can't say that, 
with, in a humble way. You're, not, you're missing the whole thing. This is he. I'm the anointed one. I'm Johnny Christ. What's your name? What's your name? Arise, anoint him. This is he. Samuel took that horn of oil. He anointed David. And the spirit of Yahweh mightily came upon David. The Bible says in verse 12 and 13, watch this, from that day forward. The spirit of Yahweh came on David mightily from that day forward. That's what I'm preaching about today. Some people call it favor. It can be the angel of the Lord that's provoked through first fruit offerings. It can be those things that Yahweh said, I will provide and open the windows of heaven. It can be that. I, I guess Kim don't mind me saying her name. I don't see her here this morning. And, and uh, so uh, I'm going to talk about her. She told me that Landon was taking her test for, what do they call that? Radio tech. Radio, radio, radiation tech. Yeah, radiology. Thank you. She had to take one more test. She already had a job offer. She had a job. She had to take this test that get her certified. Is that correct to say? And so, Kim, of course, texts me. And she's got to pass this test. You know, she got to pass it. If you don't pass this test, you don't. Now, she wouldn't panic like that. But what she was saying, will you pray? For her while she takes this test. And I told her, yeah, but I didn't. Let me tell you why. I didn't need to. I was going around praying for stuff God's already provided. I mean, we say, Lord, you know, do this for me, Jesus. Oh, do it. We do it. No. What are you talking about? Well, you quit asking me to do for you what I wanted you to do for me, is what Yahweh says to you today. I don't have to pray for her to make a 91 on the test, which was one of the highest grades. I knew she would without Yahweh's help. Maybe. You think people that can't make 91s and pass, make high grades in your class? And I don't know if that's personal information. I think I'd be bragging about a 91. 81. Can y'all hear what I'm saying today? But when you have a mentality that you know that the grace of God and the favor of God's there, I don't have to ask God to do something that I already expect Him to do. And that is a mindset and a heart belief and a conviction that God is good. That God's good and He's for me. I make, is that clear? Because this is the crux of what I'm trying to get across today. The Spirit of Yahweh came upon him mightily. I expect to do good because the Spirit of God is on me mightily. I believe that. I don't have to ask God to do something in heaven for me that he's already empowered me through that favor to accomplish already. Please get this. Please get it. Okay. Lord, <laughs> I pray. Oh, you just walk in it. You expect it. It's already done. He's, he's made the provision for me. Lord, help me out of this. No, you, you. Encourage yourself out of this. 
Spirit of Yahweh came upon him mildly from that day forward. David's family didn't think that he was fit for much more than just being a shepherd. But by the favor of Yahweh's, he was recognized and promoted to be king over Israel. Watch this. And the early ancestor of the Messiah. Okay? If he was the great, 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 I don't know how many greats, granddaddy of Yahshua, the Messiah, and he was a shepherd, guess what the descendant, the Messiah was? The good shepherd. He too was the shepherd. He was the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. And the door by which, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Yahshua didn't go around all the time, Father, I pray for that. I pray, Father, I ask you to do this. Father, I ask you to do that. I pray right now that we have food for the day. Lord. He, he had the Spirit of God without measure. And he just had an expectation that his Father was going to do for him and provide for him because he knew he was a good God. And that, he, and that Yahshua was anointed. You know how I knew he You know how I know he was anointed and how he knew he was anointed? Because they called him Yahshua Christ. I'm anointed. Spirit of God is upon me mildly from this day forward. Go to Psalm 512 for me. Are you, yo, were you out yet? I wrote a song about it. Here it goes. Now, for thou, Yahweh, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him. Oh, the enemy's coming against me. Number one, there ain't no devil, Satan. Don't worry about it. It ain't some supernatural thing that people have made stronger than Yahweh. It is a mentality deep in their heart that they believe that this Satan is stronger than God. How do you know? Man, when you pray for so-and-so, Satan has come against them with cancer. Oh, Johnny, will you pray? No! I'm not going to pray Against some Satan? What about the cancer? That ain't got nothing to do with Satan. So what happens? If they're true, if they're right, and we pray, and the person dies of cancer, then what you're telling me is that Satan's cancer that he put on is greater than God answering. I think that is slanderous to God. And it's a mindset that you have got to, in your own mind, get victory over. Because if you think that Satan, that don't even exist. Because it don't matter. If you believe that that is greater than what your God, then that you don't really have faith. Listen to what I'm saying. If you believe that something is greater than your God, then you don't have faith in God. Selah. What about this difficulty? What am I going to do? What do you mean? What are you going to do? What? What What do you mean? What are you going to do? Don't you serve the Almighty? See, you don't really believe it. Oh, oh, don't don't get offended here. Coronavirus, coronavirus. Number one, uh, I don't want to get off on that. Number one, God's greater than coronavirus. But we're afraid because we don't believe that. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask. You shouldn't go to the doctor. I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about a root belief that God is greater. And I'm going to tell you, in the Bible, people who ask to live longer and have extra life 
screwed up when God gave them extra time. Could have got, could have got a well done, fell asleep, and the next thing they know, it might have been immediate, could have been immediately. In their minds, it is. Got their well done. But oh no, we want to live forever. Lord, you didn't give me two more days. I got things to do, Lord. Let me just be here. And I want to tell you this. I'm not afraid to die. I want you, and maybe you don't believe that. Maybe I'm just nuts. I am not afraid to die. I don't want to go hurting. I don't want pain. But I'm not afraid to die because when my time is up, I believe it is resting in the hand of the Almighty God who determines whether I live or die. And if I die, guess what? I'm ready if it brings him glory. What about, I don't care. What about if God, who I think is smarter than me, is ready for me to die? I'm ready. I believe God knows best. Well, what about your children and your grandchildren? Listen, I think God can take care of that. You hear me? I think God's big enough to take care of my wife and my children and this ecclesia. That's what I believe. Somebody, what's going to happen when you die? I'm going to be dead. <laughs> and the reason I feel that way is because I believe that it's God that determines. I'm not, I'm not a Calvinist. I don't believe that, you know, like, like the, in the Civil War, we, all these uh, generals in the Civil War who we caught, thought were heroes and they would just stand out on the, sit on their horses and bullets are firing past them and they just sit there unafraid. Let me tell you why they were unafraid. Because they had courage. Because they believed that if it was God's will for them to die, they would die. And if it wasn't, they wouldn't die. If they went and hid behind the tree, they believed that if it was time for them to die, that they would get killed behind a tree. That's what they believe. That ain't how I'm, what I'm believing. But I do believe this. I don't want extra time if it's not what God wants me to have. Because I know that I fought a good fight. I run a good race. I finish, when I finish my course, I want to tell you, I don't want to screw nothing else. Okay, why don't you just go back to the 50-yard line and run the last 50 and see how you do. I don't want to do that. And the root of it is this. I believe God is greater and I believe his hand is upon me. And I'm not being arrogant with that, y'all. I believe his hand's upon me. I believe I'm anointed and the Spirit of God is with me from this time forward. That's how, and that's the mindset the apostles had when they weren't afraid to be martyred. Because they believed something way deeper than our world. What if I lose my house? It's just a house. What if I lose? But I'm telling you this. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen Steve begging for bread. All I've seen is people who are least likely to succeed get way further in life than they ever would have on their own. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. Same shepherd boy who was promoted through Yahweh's favor to be king. He later wrote this. He said, we are compassed about by the favor of Yahweh. One translation said it, and I, I, I text Joel yesterday. I said, would you please sing for me and for us? Surround me, O Lord. 
And when I got here, I said, look, I don't want us. To, I, I hope our mindset today is not while we're here at church today. Surround me, oh Lord, let your spirit fill this place. OK, I'm not, I'm not against that. But what I wanted us to say is and real is realize this, that the favor of God. And the Spirit of God, and the will of God, and the purpose of God, and the promotion of God, and the footsteps ordered by God, all those things surround me, Lord, every day. Come pass about me like a shield. I am saying, see if I'm gonna, how much further I want to go. That's how, what I'm talking about is how we should be living every day. It's, there's freedom in it. Conscious of being surrounded by God's favor, and God's grace, and God's mercy, and God's Spirit. There's all kind of word that scriptures on favor, and I'm going to spare you all that this morning. But I got to tell you this. The battle you're going to have is that old mindset. One of my worst enemies was self-pity. I, I got to tell you, and I've, I've seen it in other people, and I'm, I'm real familiar with it. Years ago, man, I mean, and, and it, it has a tendency to want to come back, but we can have self-pity. It has all kinds of forms. It ain't just sucking your thumb and saying, poor me, poor little old me. No, it, it will justify things and why you won't do things and why you don't do other things. It will justify you not forgiving somebody. You hear me? It'll justify you not being nice to somebody. Because I don't, he don't deserve it. I, don't, I feel like this. He's disrespecting me. It's self-pity. Poor you. You know, they say one of the biggest things, if you go to prison... I don't want to experience this, but the biggest things in prison, and I think it is in society. If you show respect to somebody in society, they'll pretty much like you. They'll show you respect back. But most people won't respect to the point that if you don't give it to them, in prison, evidently, you get beat up or killed. And you can happen, that can happen in our society, too. They'll, they'll kill you with their tongues. But I think one of the reasons is because of a deficit in feeling sorry for themselves. You disrespected me. No, the reason you feel disrespected is because you don't respect yourself. And that not respecting yourself to who you are in Christ will keep you always at a place where your self-pity and what you call disrespect and I call disrespect will keep us from ascending and the mercy and the favor of God that he really wants to put in our lives. We've got to claim it by faith. We've got to believe it. We've got to make ourselves believe it. And if anything comes in your mind that makes you see or do anything else, I'm, let me tell you what I found out. If you just do it, it's too late not to. And we used to jump off high places, off of these cliff things, into the water. And you go over there to the edge, and you can look over. But first what you say is this. If anybody gets close to me while I'm over here, I'm going to kill y'all. Don't, don't move over there. I, I'll tell you, Chester's probably listening today. We, he took me to the uh, New River Gorge in West Virginia. It's, a, it's the longest expansion type bridge uh, in America or something. It's, and every year they shut down that road and people jump off of it. They jump off that thing, man, and they, they uh, paras- what do you call it? skydive off of it and do all kind of stuff. Well, Chester took me there. We went across it, and then he took me down the old road. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how tractor trailers got, got up and down those roads, but they did. That's how they used to go, back and forth. But he took me all the way to the top, to, to where we were. He pulled out to this lookout place, and there was a, a big rock right there. And I said, okay, I'm going to come over here and look. You stay over there. He said, what? Don't come close to me. I looked over that thing, man. 
And I don't, I'm not really that fond of heights. Are you? And something told me, jump. Have you ever done that before? I've been on a cruise ship before, and I'm on, a, on that what's it, balcony room. I'm out there. Jump. I said, I said shut up, Bevy. <laughs> I'm not jumping. But I found this out. Once you ran and you jumped, <laughs> you couldn't change your mind then. It was all up to gravity. You've all, and so what I had to do before I could learn to enjoy the jump, I didn't just jump. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's like facing a bully. Finally, you get so tired of it that when he comes up to you and he's going to start telling you again what he's going to do to you, let me tell you what you do. Hit him as hard as you can now. Yeah, but what if he does it? I'd do it. And then choke him with hill dust if you have to. Hill dust. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God when you go out in an area that you don't have the ability to control. And can I tell you, how many of you are comfortable right now where you're sitting? You don't have any ability to control what you're doing right now. You could drop dead right now with a stroke, with a heart attack. Who knows? John Travolta could fly his plane right into us today. And if he does, I'm suing him. And I, they, they thought he had, they, did y'all hear they thought he had coronavirus? Or John Travolta, but it was Saturday Night Fever. But they said he's going to be staying alive. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Do it by faith. Let's believe it, God. Let's, let's really think that we serve a real God. Let's really think that He's the one, that He's bigger than the banks. He's bigger than the economy. He's bigger than coronavirus. He's bigger than the marital problems. He's bigger than your rebellious child. He's bigger than your sickness. He is big. And He can do anything. Lord, You can do anything. When you get up, Every morning, you need to start having anticipation and an expectation that the Spirit of God is uh, surrounded you and it's in you and on you for the rest of your life and it's going to go with you and it's going to also go before you to anticipate and know, hey, the favor of Yahweh surrounding me. I'm the one. I'm the one. This is he. Are y'all hearing me? Not with an arrogance attitude, but with a confidence of being sons and daughters in training for the most high God to rule and reign with him and to exercise our power and authority over these things now. We're learning how. We should be a little bit of a foretaste of what it's like to be immortal now. We expect Yahweh to give us favor with men, even ungodly men. We just have an expectation. Man, I, I, I tell you, some of the stories I've been hearing about people, you know, the first fruit offering and their tithing. And, and I say that, y'all, because it's, it's all tied. Money has to do with your heart. Money has to do with your heart. And you're really true belief. It, when it gets down to your money, I mean, you know, Grandpa Jones used to say, heart, 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 heart. Your wallet. 
I told a guy one time, I said, look, man, don't, if you can't tithe, don't, quit. you don't have faith for nothing else, I promise you. That's the easiest thing there is to do with God, to believe. But, when you get, but to try to get down to the root of the, the core of your unbelief and your way you were brought up, or even the way we were born as blind and fallen, that's the battle. To be redeemed, Yahweh gives me favor with men, and I expect when I walk into a room that there's going to be something different when I walk into that room. Why, Johnny? Because you're anointed? Yes. Why do you expect it, Johnny? The same reason you should expect it. What about this? What is it going to work out? Oh, do you care, Jesus, if I get a new car? As long as you don't put it before God and your family. He don't care what kind of car you got. How I many you know what a, a new car to God is nothing? What's a new car to God? What if it's what if it's twenty thousand? No. What, what if it's what if it's fifty thousand? Well, if you're gonna get a new truck, it's probably gonna be about eighty. What is what is? As long as it don't come before God and your family, don't become idolatry. The number's nothing to God. But he probably ain't going to stroke you a check right off the bat because he's trying to use that to teach us how to be faithful and good stewards because that's really what all this is about. Do you understand that? It's all about when the owner comes back, have we been faithful stewards? This morning, if you do what I'm talking about doing today, Yahweh will open doors for you that no man can shut. God bless y'all.